Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain and I'm sorry, uh, I'm recording Walker. a podcast. Could you let these assholes out and bring them in? I had to get someone to get the dogs out. Sure, sure. Um, did that actually it? come through? Yes, it did. Motherfucker! That's okay. Don't come worry about, about it. Put that at the beginning. It's fine. No, um, you know what? The thing is, I have to go to the settings and switch this over to the goddamn... What? Why didn't you just go to the fucking Yeti and watch? My voice quality is going to go... Bam, and we're good. Yeah. Uh, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Real Bad Dudes. I am Scary Jersey Guy, and joined with us is Slaya. Um, and yeah, we're going to do another kind of chit chat thing, some various topics. Don't worry, we'll get back to movie reviews, but figured, you know, hey, we'll shoot the breeze a bit. Yeah, this is really more of a uh, way for us to just sit down and try to get our feet wet because we haven't done this in a while. Oh, oh, we have we have a Dallas. Oh, we got a drop by. No, I could probably plug up my, my webcam. Hmm. Has anybody watched any new movies, TV shows? I think doesn't have to be new, I guess. I haven't seen that you recommend, maybe. Uh new what I would recommend is it's on Prime now. It used to be free. It's called Penance. And it's a five part series. Um it's like a Japanese horror story, like a Japanese revenge horror type story. It doesn't have like fucking Onrios like crawling out of televisions and stuff like that. But it's a really, really well done story. And it's basically about five little girls who get a sixth friend who just moves in from out of town. She's like really shy and reserved. And then one day she's found strangled in the local gym. And the five girls come across it when the police ask them questions, they're too scared and nervous to say anything. So the guy that did it pretty much walked away free. So the dead girl's mother takes them all aside and basically says, I curse you to feel the same misery that I feel. And the five parts dictate each of the five different girls' lives as they go forward and their eventual downfall. Hmm. It was really, really That's well cool, written. Yeah. It was good. Uh... It used to be free, but now you got to pay for it. But I totally say, even paying for it, it's worth mm. it. I mean, I saw the Suicide Squad. Did I, I, that was everybody? high school for me? Yeah, that was high school for me. Suicide Squad, the new one. There's the, a new one. Man, oh, the one, that, the one that just came out. You know what? I'm totally fucked up. And you know what? I'm blaming it on decaf. I have no <laughs> caffeine in my system right now. I thought you said Suicide Club. No, no, I'm talking about the superhero thing. Yeah, I liked I, it. I, I liked the new Suicide Squad a lot. Um, the one by James Gunn, this, you know, Slither and all that. So well, now I'm curious. Does what is Suicide work? Club from high school? Suicide Club was something that I watched in high school. It's a Japanese horror thing about kids that basically get programmed to commit suicide. Oh, nice. It's got, like, one of the most infamous things, like, in underground horror where, like, the movie starts off with one of those like um, L trains coming in and you have 50 kids lined up on the platform and you know, <laughs> Ichi, Ni, San, and then they all jump right into the middle of the train. Blood everywhere. Hmm. So it, it, it was nuts. And you just had people like randomly walking off roofs so you see like bodies go like The that. last like really gory Japanese flick I saw was Machine Girl. Oh, I think I've seen chunks. Of it. I've seen the whole thing, but I watched yeah. the whole thing. It was on Netflix. It, it, it's like it's so cartoonishly, like it's hard to describe. It's just it, it's gore porn all the way. 
It's really it's, funny. It's like, like live action anime, but with a little bit, a little bit of like that Power Ranger kind of budget to it. Oh god! Oh yeah, it's it's cheap in terms of the budget and everything, but I mean, like everybody is deranged as shit in that universe. Like everybody is just a, a crazy person, like a uh, just a psychopathic. I don't know what <laughs> they because it, it's like the whole thing starts over like something that would just be like a, a simple misunderstanding but it's just like everyone in that world is a psychopath like everyone if you offend someone in that version of japan they just they want to absolutely like rip your bowels out or something <laughs> like that's it's it's kind of a funny movie i don't know i don't know if i'd really want to watch it again but i liked it at the time <laughs> it's like a movie you can watch with somebody not by yourself i don't know mm. Maybe. I know something that's kind of in the vein of that. It's called Tokyo Gore Police. I've heard of it, and I think it's actually by the same... Yeah, I think the same director. Not, yeah, 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 and, and uh, Robo Geisha is the same, mm. I believe, is the same guy. Robo Geisha was absolutely fucking hilarious. I want to see it. I, I wanted to see it. I, th I thought it looked better in a lot of ways than Machine Girl. Robo Geisha, like the big thing that stands out to me, but it is very Power Rangery. Mm, but like, I'll yeah, never yeah. forget this guy. Um, he was in a wheelchair, and he's got like a cannon blaster in his knees. So like, his nurse is wheeling him down, and like, there's this room, like, it's like a long hallway. It's been years since I've seen it, so I might be off. But like, the guy's just like, "What are you gonna get on?" Bang mm. on his knee, and then a thing pops out, and blast one the bits and then he's just doing that shit slamming on his knee and it would blast one blast one and then he's just like like that and little bullets would come out and just like knock them all down it's totally absurd um tokyo gore police that's definitely a gore porn it's definitely very power rangery same batshit crazy aesthetic going for that's how it was a machine girl because like the the one of the guys who was like the dad of like some some girl that she accidentally i don't know like she fights her and kills her i don't know like the dad at the end of it is in the temple and he's wearing like this really goofy looking armor and stuff mm -hmm. which up to that point he just seemed like he was like a normal kind of dad but he just at the end <laughs> like it, it's uh, it's been a while i can't quite remember it just looks so silly because they're all like lined up at this temple for this this final showdown and i guess like the villain the main villain gave him this armor to put on and uh it's ridiculous but yeah you, hmm. that's pretty much in line with like any japanese rpg game though because mm -hmm. we all know the general rule the more ridiculous looking the outfit the stronger it is Mm -hmm. you know, so if you're playing online with somebody in a Japanese RPG, if you see someone coming along with like pink sandals and like has a miniature duck on top of their head, they're sure. probably the strongest motherfucker in the game. Naturally. <laughs> um. Did I know? You, huh? You're you're starting to you're starting to fade away. Like uh, oh. <laughs> Marty's Marty's failing his mission, dude. Like you're, <laughs> yeah. Your arms are starting to fade. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, me and Dallas watched Psycho Gorman. Have you seen it yet or heard I of it? I was just thinking about it when we were oh, talking about this. Especially you, when you said Tokyo Girl yeah, Gore Police. You I was probably like, really enjoy it. It's it's very... It's sort of like if, if a villain from Power Rangers had his own movie with a bit of, of Diver mixed in. Mm -hmm. It's very, very silly. It's from the guy who did The Void, which I haven't seen yet, but I heard is really good. Mm -hmm. Same director. 
We keep talking about seeing the void. I really want to see it. <laughs> Psycho Gorman sounds really familiar. I know I haven't so, seen it. It's very heavy metal-esque. It's okay, this little girl finds this like gem oh, yeah, in the They they lose they lose uh the brother loses like the, the this silly game they play, so he digging his own grave and they find this gem that belongs to the to, I guess he's like the galaxy destroying mm-hmm. character. His name actually isn't Psycho Gorman, that's the name she gives him. But the movie is very silly and enduring, and it's definitely worth watching once. It's it's batshit insane in Sounds the best like a way as possible. From Godzilla. Totally it is. Godzilla. It's funny because like the, the the movie has a a decent amount of world building when it comes to um he he's trying to he's like telling his backstory at a certain point, but the movie they the kids will keep interrupting him because he's getting ready to tell his backstory and it visualizes like they show you like a flashback of him being on this alien planet and he's like on this badass like motorcycle thing at one point and and then they're like yeah 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 whatever and they just start, they just like cut him off right there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do that yeah, a bunch of times. <laughs> Yeah, um, like the little girl's very, very annoying, but she's supposed to be. She's know. like Mandy yeah, yeah. from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. She's this really, like, evil little kid, but in a kind of an awesome way. I didn't personally find her all that annoying. I thought yeah, she was kind of. Yeah, I didn't either because I thought that was because she's so over the top that you kind of it's it becomes endearing after a while, as as messed up as it is. She uh, turns this one. Really good one that I had seen recently. It's called The Wailing. And I know that's on Prime. And it's not like whaling, mm. like, oh, we're going to go hunt fucking whales. It's like, mm. oh, whaling. It's a Korean horror flick. And I got to tell you right now, Korean horror is where it's fucking at. Yeah. Like they, they've they got it down <laughs> to a science. The whaling, I saw that one. And I, I don't know. There, there was something that was just keeping me from watching it. And then when I watched it, I was just like, this is really, really good. It's... um. Pretty much like the story about how there's like this loser policeman and he's losing touch with his daughter, but there's a curse that basically befalls this Korean town and basically it takes over everybody and turns them into deranged cannibals. So it's got some kind of zombie-ish qualities to it, but it's not ridiculous. It's really well written. Like the cinematography Mm. is absolutely amazing. Pacing was perfect. It's probably one of the best like newer horror movies that I've seen in like a long time. So it's a whaling. Definitely got to check that one out. That was on really Amazon. You said, it just free on Amazon, right? I mean, with the it, it, I think it is on Prime. Yeah, for free. Like it, it's been on Prime for a long, long time. For free. oh, okay. That that's definitely a worthwhile watch. Um, I'm trying to think, what else have I watched recently that's like new? There really hasn't been much. Like, I went on a big J-Horror binge thing lately. Like, I watched mm. all the rings. I watched all the grudges. Or the hey, Jew one, sorry. You've been watching Last Drive, so you've probably seen, like, oh, was it Abduction? Or no, The Addition. That's what it was called. The Addition. Sorry, my bad. The Addition. Oh, Audition. That's old school right there. Last I, I night, hate to say um, it like that. The, yeah, Last Drive. They showed that. It was really good. Mm-hmm. It's really Audition good. Was, audition was awesome. The oh, the ending, from, though. The same girl from Audition, though, I think is the girl from Tokyo Gore Police as well. So there's your connection. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that. And then what the hell else have I really watched? Like, I've, I've, wa- I've revisited a lot of oldies and classics. Um, I watched the Joys series, all four of them. Like, what type of masochistic shit was I thinking when I put on the fourth? I was one? thinking, dude, they we, the 3D one with... Uh, uh, 
Louis Gossett name? Jr. Dennis yeah, Quaid. but also Daniel Dennis Quaid. I was thinking Daniel Quaid, but yeah, like Dennis Quaid. Um, yeah, <laughs> it hasn't aged well. You know, the sad <laughs> thing is, is that the third one is better by proxy because of the fourth one. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> like I know that the fourth, one. the fourth one's the one with Michael Caine, right? Yep. Um, because I know with the fourth one, the fact that like people pointed out a plot hole with it, which is that the shark. Doesn't he like? Didn't the shark like follow them to Australia? Like seeks them out the or Bahamas. something. The Bahamas. The Bahamas, and they were like, people. People were like, how does this shark find them Survive. in the entire ocean? Like, how does it go all the way to the point where? No joke. This is real. The novelization of the movie. They actually wrote in that it was like a voodoo curse, and that's how the shark managed. I'm not joking. That's real. I heard they, about that, yeah. Uh-huh. They did it just to, because so many people brought that up, like how completely ludicrous it was that this one shark had such a revenge boner for these people that it, like, traveled across the, you know, what, the entire Pacific or something to get to him. Yeah, it would follow one fucking old boner. lady. Mm -hmm. it, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, the um, thing is, it's like, obviously the first one is like a perfect movie. You can't really ask for anything. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, the second one, I actually enjoyed it a lot. And I mm. had even more fun reading about all the trouble that they had making that goddamn movie. Because, like, Roy Scheider did not want to do that movie. He's like, right. he's like, this is unbelievable. And he's like, plus the whole surprise element's going to be taken away because they wanted to show more of the shark because now I guess they finally found a working shark. Um, but it was, one of, it was one of those things, though, where, like, Scheider refused to do it, and then he wound up having to do it. He struck mm. a deal with Universal <clears throat> because he backed at a deer hunter. He had, like, a three-picture deal thing with them. Mm. He backed out of Deer Hunter, and then he didn't want to do this one. So they offered him a deal that if he took the second movie, they would knock two off of his thing. And then the third one was Blue Hunter, uh, Blue Hunter, Blue Thunder. So it, it was an interesting thing. He even got into like this huge fist fight with the director because oh he just didn't get along. Huh. But hey, so Schneider took it seriously though. Mm -hmm. Back to Joss Four. Isn't there a TV ending that's different? Like. Oh, the, theat the theatrical one, it gets poked and boom. Yes. But in the TV version, I think it actually it gets speared. It actually gets speared and then like slowly falls in. I don't know why they didn't use that one. It would make no, the, it, it, it was pretty much the same thing where it got stabbed with the broken off bow of the boat. But in the movie, it basically got gorged. You heard it roaring. And it did that typical monster roar that you've heard in so many movies. Right. And then it goes underwater. <laughs> but in the TV one, when it gets gored, it explodes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then it lingers on a shot of, like, a pelvis, like, rotating for, like, two solid minutes because of the 3D. I could have sworn. Just, like, focus on it. That's what. No, that's the you're stuff thinking that, like, of the third one. I am thinking of the third one, but I'm just, I'm tacking it on because I'm like, why don't we just take all the dumbest elements of the crappy Jaws movies and, like, just combine them all together? <laughs> well, I mean, hell, even the way that the shot was set up, because I mean, like, I remember they like showed like constant flashbacks of uh, Brody at the end of the first one, and he's got the gun mm. aimed, and he's like, "Smile, you son of a bitch," like that. And I was like, "What the fuck would that line up with?" You know, the third What's one the just, huh? The old man, the uh, in the first one, you're gonna the need old... a bigger boat. Like that what... was right. That was Chief Brody, played by Ray Scheider. Right? Did you? Um... 
useless trivia here, but you know that crappy Artemis Fowl uh, movie that came out, Disney's Artemis Fowl? Oh, Lord. It's based on the, but the kid that plays Artemis Fowl in it is that guy's uh, grandson. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I remember, here's a useless <laughs> trivia piece here as well, because you remember how Joy's 4 starts off with the youngest son, Sean, getting eaten by a shark? Like, that's how I, it all starts off. Assume I do. <laughs> you know what? It's a good thing that you don't remember it, because okay. just expunge that shit from your memory. But that's how they started off, is because, like, when they asked Scheider, well, do you want to be in the third one? He's like, <laughs> no, type of thing, because he absolutely refused to do it. And then, because, I mean, all four of the movies center around the Brody family, but then the fourth mm -hmm. one starts off with the youngest son, who is a cop for Amity Island, and they even shot it out in Martha's Vineyard. So mm -hmm. he goes out to try to get a log off of a fucking buoy line. Like, that really matters. Like, it, it doesn't matter, you know, type of thing. So he goes right. out there trying to remove it, and that's when the shark comes out, eats his arm, and then he dies. That's it. But uh, the whole thing is, is they asked Scheider if he wanted to be in the fourth one, and he fucking Bill Murrayed it. Basically, nice. he laughed his ass off. He's like, <laughs> no. But the plan was is they were going to bring him back, you know, as um, right. Martin Brody, and then he was going to get killed off. So because he didn't want to do it, they killed off the youngest son, which is kind of weird. It, it, it was very, very weird because, you know, you see, once again, it's centered around the Brody family, both Sean and um, Michael. You know, throughout the mm -hmm. first one, throughout the second one, throughout the third one even. And then it's like you kind of grew up with those characters, and now they kill it off. And the sad thing is, is that the movie was so shitty that someone dying like that is totally meaningless. Didn't they, I I think, isn't there a Michael Caine quote about the fourth one where he said, like, something about, I've, I've, I've heard it's not any good or whatever, because he's never seen it. He said it was something really funny. It was very snappy. You know, his, yeah. his wit, the way, he, the way he phrased wit. it. Yeah. Where he's like, I've been told it's not any good, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't plan on seeing it. But then he had Dennis Quaid, no more useless trivia. He's on his own admission said that he was literally high off of his ass on cocaine for every single frame. Mm -hmm. that, uh, of film that he's on in yeah, that sure why, why not sometimes i don't know you'd have to be on coke sometimes you just get to make a movie you gotta get high come on <laughs> to make that movie, yeah Smith, you right? gotta be yeah. i mean come on I, i'm thinking about the ending there with that one when they blew that shark up and then they tried to do the 3d effect of the teeth coming that's what i was saying they oh, they linger God. on it it is so it looks so bad. It might have been impressive back in the day. Maybe it was. I I don't no. remember. No, it wasn't. Um, because no. I remember because earlier in the movie when the shark murders somebody, it's just like someone's shin. It's like a, a you it's know, arm. The foot. Yeah, the arm was it the arm? I thought. I swear. I thought it was like. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. You're thinking the like, leg in the first one. Okay, right. But that one, that one's like a quick scene where you just like see it fall to the ocean floor. This yeah, is like where it's like front and center on the camera and it just lingers on it and you're just watching it rotate and you're like <laughs> they did the no, same it, thing with the fucking so like this gigantic tuna they started it off in the beginning of the movie because you got the dent 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 
And then mm-hmm. there's like a school of like big fat ass tuna. And you know what? I'm sure like some fish expert is going to come in here and be like, um, actually that's a terrapin or some shit like that. Yeah. The Neil deGrasse Tyson of the marine life world. Day. Yeah. You're, you're going to have come a fucking in and be Matt like, Hooper. that's not accurate. <laughs> you're going to have a Matt Hooper show up and tell me that I'm absolutely wrong because those fish don't survive in that water and they're not active around yeah. here. And that you can this tell movie them is... What this time of year? Garbage. Oh my god, I fucking hate those arguments so much. It's like you know what? I can be a stickler for things sometimes, but it's like I've gotten yeah. into so many people like like I, I've gotten into so many arguments with people. Like say Resident Evil 2's remake, I've had people bitch at me because mm. they're like, I'm like I fucking love it. I think it's one of the best. They improved certain things about in, ter- in terms of the storytelling and stuff. They did certain things that arguably. Mm-hmm made it better oh yeah but the thing that killed it for me though was well you realize that this game's set in 1998 and you get a usb drive that's not realistic because that's USB right that's yeah people pick yet. that out people and i'm yeah. sitting there like motherfucker kind of, they haven't invented the t-virus yet they did no, windows 98 though did support there were it, 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 they didn't hold a lot of memory but yeah they they were around in 1998 should have been a surprise zip disk Zip disk, yeah, that's funny. Like, like the ending to Zoolander. Remember, <laughs> like, two words for you, zip disk. <laughs> like, remember that? Just, it, it, you know, it's just it's weird to me when people focus on something that small and that minute. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just say that USB drives hadn't been invented, even though they kind of they had, they they absolutely had, because that was I, the big draw of Windows ninety eight at the time was the was USB was the the big. Uh, new technological advancement with computers and Windows 98 uh, was the first Microsoft OS to have USB support because Bill Gates was even showing it off. There was this big thing where he he showed it off on the computer like blue screen. This was like a live yeah, event. And because uh, David Letterman was making fun of it at the time, I remember that he's like he's like uh, he's showing off this computer and then uh, something happens. All of a sudden, it starts smoking. It looks like he's making waffles. Oh, see, I remember when that happened though. Like he was like, "And welcome to Windows," and then he started it up, and then it blue screen. Mm-hmm, they blue screen, and they 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 projected at the time. I can't remember what the insane number it was, but they were like Microsoft just from the 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 stock falling and everything. Like uh, you know, because investor uh, confidence plummeted with that. That they I can't remember what the projections were, how much money Microsoft was projected to lose just from that one. Yeah. Little little club, but but yeah, USB drives were around in 1998 though. It's just they they weren't they were only like maybe what 16 megabytes or something. They weren't big, yeah. but they were. Well, it's saying that I look it up. See, I'd be that guy. It says a patent was April 9, 1999, and then they came out like 2000. But even if the years are off, 1999. Yeah, and then yeah, but you could you could still kind of. Yeah, the technology technically existed. I mean, you could say that that the umbrella. <laughs> Time, well, time, no, travel, time travel movies always get things wrong anyways. Like like Back to the Future, there's things about they were in that movie that weren't mm. in the 50s, but like who the fuck you cares? Could still, you could still make an argument, though, because it was the USB drive was in the police station, right? The mm-hmm. Raccoon City Police Department. But Raccoon City, just the entire city was founded by Umbrella, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm pre- yeah, so an Umbrella, you know, they, they, they have... They were ahead of the curve. limitless resources. Basically, you could you could you could say that there were like test, you know, versions that brought that they brought out or whatever, like just for internal use only. But that that 
you know, I don't know. It's it it still because it, it was it a custom silly. drive. Yeah. It's but you know what the funny thing is, is that nobody ever focused on that, but they didn't focus mm. that you can put an ID chip in a wristband. Yeah. Nobody ever latched onto that one. Like, I noticed that. I didn't give a shit. Because it's like we're talking about we want extreme realism yeah. in a fantastical universe where you've got a virus that mutates people into zombies, turns snakes, sharks, plants into mm -hmm. giant man-eating creatures. But, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, they, like, they didn't have USB drives. If, Fuck out of here. There's that one. Uh, did you play Resident Evil Revelations, the first one? That it first came out on the 3DS, but then they ported it to to PC and and the big boy consoles. That was the one when you're on the boat playing mm -hmm. Valentine. That's right? that's the one, yeah. And you're looking for Chris. I played it maybe once. Okay. I did play it. Like I remember the captain was like the worst fucking thing you could ever. Come yeah. Across. Oh well, he he was it at first, but as it as it went on, you, those actually became almost like just mini boss style enemies like you could fight multiple yeah. versions of those but they got easier as it went along but um it always tends to i uh yeah no that that game though you probably didn't get far enough to see a lot of the the later cutscenes and everything but there's like um there's this backstory with the game that's just pure sci-fi where they built this uh this floating city and like an artificial island and um it became like it was targeted by by terrorists that were using the um, the biological weapons and stuff. They they had like hunters that oh, were uh, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, but this is par for the course. Like people know, should know by now that Resident Evil straight up just goes into sci-fi territory. Like, and I mean extreme, like high yeah. sci-fi territory. And it's done as just like background objects like that because they this city thing was just kind of to establish like a history of this terrorist organization that was using the, uh, what, what do they call the BA? No, the BSAA. Yeah. But what, what do they call the, what's the shorthand they use to describe the biological weapons? What do they call oh, them? BOWs. Uh, BOWs. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was all just like window dressing, this whole thing about this floating, city of the future like built on an artificial island and everything yeah. this was just stuff that that was just establishing the the terrorist organization it had nothing to do with anything beyond that yeah and they're just like hand waving oh yeah we totally did that this is you know this is current year yeah um, but it, it's just the shit that people hang on to it's like come on Resident yeah. evil the original one came out in 97 98 it was like I think the it was very 96. first one I think it, I think you know, it was it was ninety six. I, yeah. I fucking reviewed the guy. I played it on the Sega Saturn like, back in ninety six. Like I didn't have a PlayStation. I was so oh, I was man. so excited because I was like in Electronics Boutique and I was like, holy shit, they got Resident Evil for the Saturn. I got it. It was yeah. like forty bucks. I was like, Electronics I'm getting this right Boutique. now. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> and I went to the payphone and I called my friend up and I'm like, dude, I gotta come over. I got Resident Evil. <laughs> like, yeah. My PlayStation for the very first time, and the thing that scared the shit out of me as a kid mm -hmm. was the second floor music. That's what scared me. Was I remember that music. music being freaky, and I did play that game um, out in kind of the rec room we had at my grandparents' place. Which, uh, yeah, I was like alone out there, and I loved it. I absolutely loved playing through that game in the dark, yeah. like by myself, like that. But the part, the reveal when you um when you're in the conference room and you activate the slideshow and it shows and you, see you see wesker you see wesker as a member of the team i was 
I'm so happy yeah. I was able to experience that. Without and, it being ruined. Yeah, before the internet caught on and all that crap where I am just organically playing through the game and that that part came up, I was like, oh, he's one of them. He's in on it. You know, like, Son of a bitch. It's so cool, yeah. The, yeah. the first game like that. Mm. It's, <laughs> you know, and I mean, that's kind of the miracle because, like, this is, like, back before we did have the internet. So it's like, imagine mm -hmm. if we did have the internet and you had those hacky fucking YouTubers like reviewing Resident Evil. Oh, you know, Evil. yeah. The, they trash it. And this game's the same day. Fire. Like you'd know. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you 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 wouldn't be able to get a, get away with any kind of surprises like that unless you just no. swear off the internet. Because that's how I played um, another another game that Capcom made, uh, Dragon's Dogma, which you were talking about JRPGs, but Dragon's Dogma is closer to like uh, like a Dark Souls style mm -hmm. game in a lot of ways. And I was so invested in that game, I was like. I'm not looking up anything. I'm not going on wiki sites. I am not going to. I'm going to go through the game at least once. Just, just me and the game and nothing else until I, uh, you know, I I was relatively certain I'd seen enough of the content that I was like, then I could start maybe looking up some spoilers. But I was like, otherwise, you know, because I, I like the old days of that where you know, yeah, it was just you and the game. You didn't even have a strategy guide. It was just See, you just had to figure thing. it out. The sad thing is, is like spoilers don't bother me so mm. much. I mean, like unless no, no. something like majorly like revelation type of shit has come through, spoilers mm. don't necessarily bother me. I'm just thinking back to the stupid shit that people would say. It's like, yeah, you heal yourself by eating plants, eating herbs. Yeah, yeah, and then and then of course it would be like a well, I'm sure they just take them and roll them up and smoke them. That's why Chris has the lighter. You'd have one of those stupid jokes. In there. I always imagined. Back when Jim Carrey was on In Living Color, I could have just I I because he would play those kind of crazy characters, and I could see him. No joke, if they had done a, a Resident Evil skit, you know, because I could just see you know he'd you know just just eat the yeah, eat the herb and be spitting it out, you know, like just crank it up to eleven and stuff. Like I I yeah. always imagined. I'm like if if only we could have gotten something like that because he would have made that look hilarious. Like time to heal yeah. and stuff, and, you know this. <laughs> <laughs> like, just or just Carrie being Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. Because, because, yeah, it does. When you think about it, since you don't actually see any kind of like animation or anything, like you see animation when you use like the the med spray, but when it comes to the herbs, it's just like, bah, you know, and you get the like the green yeah, mist yeah, all over yeah, the character yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But to actually imagine how they're, <laughs> yeah, that they're stopping for a minute and start like chewing on the leaves and shit, it, it is fun. And then you're magically all better. Yeah. Like, you get bit by a snake, go out and look for some blueprint. Cool, it's good. And eat those, you know? Just rub it on your wounds, it's good. Yeah, oh, no, that's poison ivy go. shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I miss those days. Like, that, that was one thing that I missed when they did Resident Evil 2, because, like, I was a little shit well, like, mm. about Resident Evil 2, because, like, I was pissed. I didn't I get to so, play it for a while. I was really pissed off about it because, like, I mm. loved Resident Evil 1. And one of the big things that I missed about it, and it seems, like, really superfluous to be like, oh, well, why would you miss that? I miss the exam thing. Like, when you could open up the item menu in the first one. Yeah. And could, like, look at, like, rotate the Barata, and you could stuff. rotate it around. They did, um... The animation. They still do that to an extent. Like, he, They kind of brought it back. In, in the model viewer, you can do that, sort of. Well, like yeah, the but there is. Um, I thought Resident Evil Seven had some like lock boxes or some things where you picked yeah. up an item, 
and you, you had, had to, to like actually like find yeah you had to find where thing. to how to open it or whatever because at first it just looks like a useless thing but obviously the game wouldn't let you pick it up if it was completely useless yeah so you have to look at it um didn't seven do that i thought seven kind of had something like that where it had like a puzzle mechanic where you had to like mm. line up these weird looking statues and it's like oh yeah so the silhouette it makes like, the silhouette yeah it's the like a silhouette of like an eagle like spider with an and an eagle, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um that part was that, pretty all right yeah but what pissed me off about too and why i was such a little shit about it because i played it and then i didn't really want to play it because like memories of thinking back to like resident evil one was mm. i remember um like, I was freaked out by the second floor. And then, of course, you had the things in, like, EGM that was saying, well, you know, this was edited down because of the violence and all that. Oh, really? And then now they're coming huh. out with Resident Evil Director's Cut. And now they're making Resident oh. Evil 2. Oh, it's and so remember, bad. But the Director's Cut, yeah. you remember the music in the Director's Cut? Yeah, the oh. farting trumpets in the basement. Oh, it's so bad. Someone came out recently on, like, one of those Resident Evil fan groups. And you know what? I'm fucking done dealing with fans. <laughs> Because um, they were like, so what do you think of like Resident Evil um, of this? And I was like, well, there's like se- someone was arguing the difference between a remaster and a remake, even though it's like a really blatantly obvious distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, like I, I got the director's cut and I didn't really care for it. I kind of feel that it was like instead of it being like a remake, it was more of an unmake. And they were like, well, <laughs> expand on that. And I was like, well, let's see. First off, they re-added the auto-aim that they took out in the original Japanese game. They Mm. took it out because um, they feared that rentals would kill sales of the game because it would be too easy to beat if you had auto-aim. That's a rumor, though, because I never heard... That's why I heard, like, Battletoads in the U.S. was the most ball-busting, fucking hard-as-shit, like, NES game is because they said the... They didn't want people to be able to rent it and just beat it. But I've heard that that's not, it's never been fully confirmed that that's exactly what the logic was. It's just that that's what people speculate. Maybe I'm wrong, though. I mean, I I, I can actually disprove that because when I Mm. reviewed Echo the Dolphin, I tried to look into like the development stories of how they made the game. Yeah. The guy that made Echo the Dolphin was actually quoted as saying, I was afraid that people would beat it in, in a weekend, so we uh, made so they it just hard. made it impossible. They yeah. didn't. I mean, it's it's borderline impossible. I'm serious. Yeah. Unless you're using like the game genie or something. Yeah, to, pretty. Yeah. Oh, Echo the Dolphin was a fucking ballbuster. Like I'm I, I like, had it. Yeah. Making a lot of old reviews that I did. I'm mm. not doing Echo the Goddamn Dolphin. Again. No, no. I, I no that, review. I refuse. There are games that I played when I was a kid, and they kicked my ass during my childhood, and I, and I still wanted to come back to him, like Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. That was a hard yeah. game. and But that game, I did come back to that. I was like, I'm going to beat this game's ass this time. Like, I'm not I am not going to let this game haunt me, <laughs> haunt my childhood. Yeah. You know, I, I need like, closure. I, yeah, and I did. I came back to it, and I really enjoyed that game. I actually kind of love that game now, but Echo is not, no, I, I will not come back to that. Mm-mm. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> um, but, but here's the thing about the Resident Evil thing. They did take it out of the Japanese version because the Japanese version okay. originally had auto aim and it was just a normal gameplay mechanic. Right. Now they feared about the rentals screwing up. Because rentals were illegal America. in Japan. Like that they just wasn't. They still are. 
then that's yeah. exactly it. Mm -hmm. Rentals are illegal in Japan. They don't do that shit. Yeah. So they took that out and they went, they put it back in in the director's cut. And then the big selling point behind the director's cut was they were going to put in all the uncensored footage, all the stuff yeah. that got taken out. And this is this is where shit gets really fucking wild, because someone fucked up over at Capcom, and they printed the censored version in the American release. So when we got the director's cut in America, it was still censored. But they also printed it on the Japanese mm. discs, so the yeah. Japanese audience got the censored ones. But do you know who got the uncensored ones? Mm -mm. Germany. Hmm. Huh. And Germany is like really notorious. Yeah. With They're really bad about it. They change the blood to green and make yeah. you know so, humans into cyborgs. And isn't there like a deleted cinematic in the original Resident Evil where like like a severed head fell from the zombie yeah. eating? Yeah. 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 You, yeah. That's at the very beginning, right? That's the yep. first zombie yeah. you find in the cut. Yeah, because because in the original version, or at least the censored version. You just hear you hear him shouting down on the guy, and you see his back turned, and then he just like gets up and turns his head, and his mouth's all like covered in blood and everything, and that's it. Yeah. But you don't see the head fall. Yeah, because um, in the original one, you just saw like the little pool of blood going along, mm -hmm. and then the zombie does that. Yeah. But in the uncensored one, you actually see Kenneth's head drop and hit the floor. You also see the uh, the live action part at the very beginning. It's in color. Uh, those actors. There's the part where the dude like picks up the the severed hand, I think, but you don't you don't it cuts it off, I think, before you see the stump. <laughs> if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. But I want to yeah, say because the stump I, in the bone. Yeah. Because I remember I used to watch because I like I thought that cutscene was cool back in the I day. Thought it was amazing. You know, yeah, because we you didn't have you didn't really get live action stuff like that uh nope. back then. And um and so later I'm watching it. Uh, I can't remember where I saw some. I guess might have been watching a long play on YouTube or something. I was like, I don't remember that being. I don't remember them actually showing that gore in that part. Yeah, yeah. Well, the big <laughs> thing that they took out of that live action intro, there's two big ones that they were supposed to restore, but you know they fucked up on. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you got Chris Redfield smoking a cigarette in the intro. That's why, like, like it was always very important to me. That's like how I knew that something was kind of missing here, yeah. because like when they do the whole like live action intro, you know, mm. it's like Chris Redfield, and he's just like standing there. That. Yeah, I love that <laughs> yeah. song. But you they got took that Redfield. out. They, you know why they took that out though? Because it sounds like he shot a woman in it. Because you hear the shotgun go off, and you hear a woman scream. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. So people, they cut it out because it sounds like... It's actually like, a catchy tune, though. It but, is, um, it is. But it starts off with just, like, Chris Redfield standing there like this, just... Yeah, then, <laughs> that's right. He, he but does. Then it, but just... then it plays over live-action oh. footage of him in the intro, and mm. it's in color. So it was like, what the fuck? But then you see Jill Valentine, and she pulls out the gun, she loads up the clip and cocks it, and I'm waiting for a gun nut to be like, it's actually mm -hmm. a magazine. Yeah, Justin no, but... Wang, the YouTuber Justin Wang, uh, yeah. a while ago, back, did you see the one where he found they found Inez. the uh, the dude who played Barry, the guy who yeah. the live action Barry, the original, yeah, yeah Scandinavian guy or Norwegian? Was he? I thought he was. I thought he was Australian or something. Maybe I have to look it up again. But he looks like a goddamn. He was like a teacher or something because I think that the I I think the tip off. Uh, I'll have to watch the video again, but someone in a forum said something about it where it's like that that guy was like 
he taught he taught in high school or something something like that i do i do yeah. remember that very vaguely that was an awesome series that he they did managed like, to that's, track how I, down. that's how i came across justin wang was him doing all yeah. the resident evil stuff they found barry and like he looks like a big old bear from mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know because <laughs> <And, laughs> I think I think his his because people had assumed uh, for years, right, that the live action actors were the same as the voice actors nope. since the you know, but they yeah they weren't because the because Jill don't open that door, don't open that door, yeah. dude. I love the voice acting and Resident Evil. Almost a Jill sandwich. That's something else that they took out because <laughs> we got sidetracked. See, this is what we do here at Real Bad News. We get sidetracked like a motherfucker. Sure. Um, they took out the Chris Redfield intro with him smoking a cigarette because that's bad comparatively to all the violence, you know, in the oh, game. Oh, yeah, sure. But, um, that he's not a good role model if he smokes. I mean, the entire know. intro was in color, and then you see Joseph Frost getting ripped apart by the dogs. And and Solid Snake smokes. You, you might have heard of him before. He was in a little game called... Uh... Metal Gear. <laughs> it's actually, it's, it's actually a mechanic. It's actually something that comes into play in the game. Do you see the thing where the the I guess the fan like met him and they did a little viral video where it's like if Solid Snake worked at Taco Bell. Oh, Have God. you seen that video? I th a long time ago in a and, galaxy and, far, far away. And then Cam Clark, you know, Liquid Snake. Yeah. He did a follow up of it of, <laughs> of Liquid of Liquid pulling into the drive through just to taunt. Solid Snake while he's working at Taco Bell. <laughs> Brother, did you perfect. like my sunglasses? I, I can't do Cam Clark shit. Yeah. It's like one in a million. Oh, I yeah. Mean, like, I remember reading an interview that David Hayter did where he was like, it really hurts my throat talking like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's very raspy. You, you can so see him pulling up to a Taco Bell or a Burger King. Give me a number seven. And ketchup. He said, like, um, you have to... You probably did see it. I, I don't know. It was going viral for a while. It was it was a bit um, a bit ago. Like it's been a couple of years at least. But um, yeah, it was this is just recorded on a cell phone. I think it was actually it, it might have been in a Taco Bell. But it's just David Hayter standing next to this fan, and the fan is playing the part of the Colonel because he's like they're they're ordering some gordita supremes, Colonel. How do I proceed? You know, like it's that kind of and the, the dude is. The dude's playing the part of the colonel. Like they, they actually had this little act going back and forth. It was really funny. But yeah, Cam Clark then like added to that. And he actually yeah. got in his minivan. He was like in a minivan, had someone else film him as if he's like pulling up to the drive through to taunt Snake about That's his new awesome. his new job. See, yeah. I love it when shit naturally flows like that and everybody mm -hmm. plays off on it and everybody gets into it. Like, I mean, David Hayter, he's a cool dude. I like him. Cam Clark, he's he's one in a million for voice actors. Yeah, oh yeah, God, he's been around forever too. Like just yeah. like um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original one. Just like just like um, who am I trying to say? Who, who's the, who's the guy that's played Slimer and the Ghostbusters, and he does like a lot of he he has this oh Frank uh, Welker, Frank Welker, yeah, and he's he's always got like. Because do you remember there was like a Family Guy joke one time where they did Scooby Doo if it was like this like hardcore police procedural and Fred's yeah. like it's like a murder it's like whoever did this is one sick son of a bitch yes. it was actually Frank Welker's voice doing it because he's like he's got a really good attitude about that kind of stuff like he laughs yeah. at him he can laugh at himself yeah. I I couldn't believe it I was like wow they actually got him to do that oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, I love it when you can actually have a sense of humor about that. So it, it, it's like, as a person who's met people like that, it, it's like you always mm. worry because you grew up on them and you hope that they're not dicks because then it'll just like kind of ruin the perception of it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, imagine if you met like David Hayter and he was a jerk to you. Would you ever yeah. want to play Metal Gear again? It w- Yeah, it, it could be kind of tough. That's true. It's like, fuck you. I'm playing Phantom Pain. <laughs> But, I thought, like at the time when they when they replaced him, you know, with Kiefer Sutherland, um, I really thought that it was just it was all this big scripted song and dance that Kojima was doing because we're so used to because Kojima likes to mess with people, you know, like that. Because David Hayter at the time he posted, uh, I can't remember where, but he basically posted this like open letter where he was talking about how upset he was over the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, and I, I was like, this, this, Carl! this, there's no way this is like. Kojima's messing with us. There's going to be something else to yeah. it. And what I thought they were going to do, what I thought they were building up to at the time was since uh, Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain and I'm sorry, uh, Peace I'm recording Walker, a podcast. Could you let these assholes out and bring them in? I had to get someone to get the dogs out. Sure, sure. Um, did that actually it? come through? Yes, it did. Motherfucker! That's okay. Don't worry about it. Put the beginning. It's fine. No, you know what? The thing is, I have to go to the settings and switch this over to the goddamn... What? Why didn't Dude, I just go to the fucking Yeti and watch? My voice quality is going to go... My mic doesn't have a mute. so. Yeah, here I, I am I, pushing I, the mute button thinking, okay, nobody's going to hear me like burping or anything. Ah. Like How did you... Fuck. You muted yourself earlier. You were. I thought you did. You were talking to somebody for a second. Physical mic doesn't have a mute button, oh, which I wish it I did. You, right, right. This It'd one actually does easier. have a thing on. Does it whack the microphone? Because that mine doesn't have a. I got a. I got a. A blue snowball right here, and it, it doesn't have a mute right on. I, had it. Suppose I, had I could just like. I guess, suppose I could just like literally yank the USB cable out of the back of it. Oh, that, yeah, that's gonna help. <laughs> I had a snowball, and then I went and bought one of these fucking. Mm-hmm. No, that's one beautiful. Of the blues. Yeah. And oh my god. Was it have like four condensers in it or something like that? It's got one of those things on the back of it where you can switch it so that like it'll only pick up sounds in front and behind or yeah. something that, like does an all encompassing mm. circle or just like me in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I love that setting because I've always got to have a fan on me because it's two thousand degrees. That's in great. Phoenix. Oh man. It yeah, was yeah. worth a hundred and ten. Like it absolutely was bad. It's normally like one twenty nine, I think. It is the normal MSRP for it, so yeah. Yeah, I'm running a fan. Hopefully it's yeah. not coming across. I don't think it is though. No, it's no, not. No, I'm not hearing it at all. Dude. Um what I was gonna say, um, real fast, what I thought that Kojima was doing at the time when David Hayter was expressing how upset he was that he uh, was no longer voicing Snake, he got re- or Big Boss or whatever, he got replaced by uh Keeper Sutherland. I thought what they were doing because a friend of mine pitched this to me and I was like, This is that's that's probably it. Because they didn't want the voices to sound the same, and we thought that they were going full circle to where they were going to straight up like remake the original Metal Gear. Yeah. And so then you would have Big Boss as you know his superior, and you would have Solid Snake in there, and so that they both sound distinct. That's what we thought was going on—that they were working mm-hmm. their way back to re- like remaking the first one. Then you would have David Hayter and Kiefer Sutherland in there. That would have been amazing, though. It would have been really cool. But, I mean, you know what? You can't help but think that just with the way that Hideo Kojima Mm -hmm. does this bullshit. I mean, 
everybody likes to shit on the Phantom Pain, and it's because they're trying to stick up for David Hayter. And I understand that because David's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see too much of a problem with Five. Phantom Pain's not bad. It's really not bad. Yeah. It well, Konami screwed it over though because you know it was supposed to have three acts. The ending. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to have three acts, and there was that deleted cut scene where he met a um, a young Liquid Snake. Like he met one of his like his first clones basically yeah, that's Eli. As, as a child yeah um so yeah konami screwed him over by like cutting the budget or whatever to where they could only have the two acts but you know that's, what the thing you know, is is like i know that kojima's had a long issue with the company where he's mm-hmm. had a habit of just going over budget going over time and then eventually it was like look we've had enough of this shit mm. he had you a know? good relationship with the 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 ceo before but then his son took over and his son was more his son had no investment in the series and really didn't care because the thing that that um people don't realize about konami over over here they just make games and stuff but uh konami makes pachinko machines pachinko machines they make food products uh tons of stuff like grocery store they're just a huge Huge conglomerate that makes a, a, a you know, like like Daewoo that makes a, a, yeah. a huge, you know, a, t- a ton of different things over there. And so when the guy's son took over, he's just like looking at their bottom line and he's looking at like these games cost this much money to make. But of course, they he did end up regretting it because um, they hadn't yet seen the full profits of Phantom Pain. And so mm-hmm. when he gave Kojima the pink slip, that's the reason they came out with that shitty um, Metal Gear Survive game. Because they they tried to throw that together, because the investors when they saw how good Phantom Pain sold was doing, yeah, yeah, they're like, okay, what else you got, you know? And uh, they already let the guy go. Yeah, they let him go. They let his whole team go, and they even blacklist them because Konami. They they, I mean, to they say they up. had a bitter falling out. Yeah, they blacklisted. They straight up blacklisted his his own people just working for Kojima in his studio to where they would not. Um, allow them to get jobs elsewhere in the games industry that's how much that's how bitter it was that yeah. that um was, See, that new ceo is a bit of a twat you know yeah he's he's i mean they say that uh, i this is hearsay but they say that uh konami has mob t- like you know ties to yakuza ties yeah, yeah in japan or whatever and i believe it because they also lobby i know they lobby to um do be able to do more legalized gambling because they make so much money off the pachinko machines and everything yeah. like that that they're always they're always lobbying to kind of like get you know just push push the limits of what they can get away yeah, with. Yeah, and who runs that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It doesn't surprise me, but mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? though, the mafia over there like running video games and they're enjoying the profits <laughs> off of it. You know. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I, find, I I always find that really funny how Sega gets away with making those Yakuza games. Yeah, but the, the the Yakuza. My understanding is they actually really like them because the because yeah. um, they do portray. I mean, uh, Kiryu as a protagonist is like yeah. a really upstanding guy. Like he's he's you know he's a good he's, guy with the orphanage and all that. And he's a badass. I mean, I don't I don't see how anybody could say like, oh, he's not he's not representing us well <laughs> as yeah, Yakuza. It's like, no, I think he's actually doing a pretty good job. Yeah, 
I, that, that's probably what it is too. It's kind of like you mm-hmm. know, that's pretty good fucking publicity. It is. It is. You know, they... it, it's funny hearing stories about them. It's like I remember there was a huge tsunami over there in Japan, and mm-hmm. the first people to pull up trucks because the government was figuring out how they could afford to like allocate all those resources to getting the trucks out there. Meanwhile, the yakuza already had trucks pulled up. And they were handing out food and shit because nice. they believe in taking yeah. care of the country. And there's like this silent understanding where it's like the police don't care if they did shit like that as long as they aren't promoting themselves. They actually touch on that in, in the Yakuza games. They do because they uh, they they state how they do present it like the Yakuza aren't uh, purely a bad thing like they do there is a sort of a symbi- symbiotic relationship between them and their community and and uh well yeah everything else and it goes it goes into government stuff of course too like it goes yeah. all the way up in the ranks like as you go through the game and um but then of course there's also you know there's there's some yakuza are better than others and you know kiryu of course being an upstanding the citizen. best one yeah basically yeah because in yakuza 3 i mean he he didn't even want to do it anymore. He was running an orphanage, mm-hmm. and in Okinawa. Yeah, in Okinawa, exactly. And they didn't know who he. They, you know, it it, it just kind of was a through, <laughs> through, you know, freak circumstances or whatever. He kind of like falls in with them again, and they don't know who he is. But then when they learn about who he is, you know, they they have like a, a great respect for him. Mm-hmm. And of course, they 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 need him at that point. They need him to. To help them because you know things just escalate from there. But I mean, that's the cool thing about it because it's it's one of those things where you have to kind of look at him as like a necessary evil because it's like, mm-hmm. for example, is in the Bronx Tale, the Charles Palmieri movie. Okay. Um, you had a bunch of bikers pulling up to the bar, like dirty, greasy bikers, and you know they go in and they fucking they trash the joint to throw a beer all over the place, mm-hmm. you know? So Chaz Palmineri and his, and his mafioso guys, they go in there and it's like, you know, you guys, you're not really dressed for this sort of place. And, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like the biker was like, Hey, look, our money's green. Like everywhere else, we just want to have a beer. We'll be on our way. And he's like, okay, just a beer and you're on your way. And then they start trashing the place. And then he goes up to him and he's like, Hey, that wasn't very nice. Now he's got to leave. He was like, Oh, it's you again. Get the fuck out of here. We'll leave when we want to leave. So then he goes over and he locks the door and he's like, no, you can't leave. And then a bunch of guys come out of the back room with baseball bats. They beat the shit out of the bikers. They trash the bikes. But the thing was, is they were keeping really undesirable elements out of the neighborhood. Right, right. Yeah, they do that. There's that part in, um, I haven't played Yakuza 3 in a long time. It's It was the first one I, I played. But there is the part where you... Um, you go on a patrol with a, with one of the guys, and uh, you're basically just kind of like walking around through the crowds at night and everything. And you see him interacting the other yakuza dude with uh, you know old ladies and people that you know like regular citizens and everything. Where they they like him, you know, like he's he helps yeah. them out and everything, and they're they're asking for his help or there. He's checking on him, being like, "Are you okay? Is everything good?" Um, you know, so you see, you see how they actually do contribute to the community around them. And yeah, of course, there's a sense like, of community going. On. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I like I, that. I think it's awesome when they actually delve into that because I mean, like, when you get into that whole thing of like black and white, because we mm-hmm. all know the world is not black and white. There's literally mm-hmm. fifty thousand <laughs> shades of gray here. You know, right. it's just things can't be viewed that way. And I mean, a, a lot of Americanized things 
tend to do that whole black and white thing, and a lot of that comes oh, from yeah. these action movies, you know? Yeah, yeah, I guess it does to an extent, yeah. You know, it's just you, we can thank Arnold and, and Stallone for that shit. <laughs> I was just thinking about Arnold. I was, I was thinking of a Predator earlier. I was just thinking about his hidden knife throw. Stick around. Stick it out. Stick it, yeah. <laughs> oh my god that we were just talking about that earlier me and uh slayer we were just talking about like mm-hmm. how the 80s was like the era of catchphrases you know and, and, and a lot of it was arnie you know see you at the party like the i love know? Oh, i love total recall so total recall so, yeah best movies it's ever. one of his best it's one of paul verhoeven's best too i mean paul verhoeven i mean robocop and total recall and starship troopers i mean i actually i know showgirls like really hurt his career but even showgirls though did we talk people are we looking about at it retrospectively time, and saying that it's a lot better than it's a satire it. of show business yeah as a satire of show business i i legit yeah i i think that movie's cool yeah um, yeah people act weird in it like people have said well everybody acts like a space alien who doesn't know how human beings work in that movie but that's kind of the point is that they're like so cranked up to 11 everything's that's part of the yeah. reason. That's that's why it's a satire like that. The same reason that RoboCop is a satire of well, like capitalist culture, just yeah, just shoved like cranked up to the extreme. You know, even um, Basic Instinct is really good. Was that for Hoven? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. Verhoeven. I forgot because about Sharon that. Stone yeah. slapped him because allegedly he didn't tell her that he was going to be filming an upskirt. Well, why <laughs> the fuck? Why the fuck would you go on set? Without any underwear on to begin with. I actually, I didn't realize this, but the, uh, I, I, this was in, I was watching the Critical Drinker and he reviewed Starship Troopers and the, the co-ed shower scene, uh, mm-hmm. apparently, you guys probably already know about this, but, um, the, he the actors, naked, right? they went, he went yeah. naked too. Yeah. yeah. They, they, yeah. they said they would only do it on the condition that, that he would be naked as well. Yeah. And he, didn't he give was, a shit. yeah, he didn't get, he's Dutch. <laughs> he's whatever well yeah over I mean, there that's like normal i even really enjoyed uh, wasn't for home but robocop 2 i think is a great sequel to the first movie that's Not the perfect, one that's directed but... by the guy that did empire strikes back yeah and that yep. was his last movie and um sadly i think but... robocop 2 gets better with age in a way like i recently i rewatched it well it, a while back but yeah. <clears throat> i think it held up it it does in a way. Um, I've seen people criticize that the that the whole anti drug message just like it just beats you over the head with it. Strong, um, yeah. Because I, I I saw one critic criticizing the the way the kid dies in it, which I actually liked the kid. I as a mobster, I thought him just having this this kid who's like so hardened and so like just sociopathic evil. That like kid that. Was yeah, yeah. Evil. That kid um, scared me. But you still feel sorry for him at the end. Um yeah. But I, I, I saw a critic one time criticizing that because they were like, they stopped just short of just being, of just having RoboCop literally say, oh, little so-and-so, look at what drugs did to you. You know, like, that, kind of. I, I can see where they're coming from, but I still I didn't I still see that so it. much because I saw the comparison like immediately in the beginning because mm-hmm. RoboCop sees this kid and it reminds him of his own son. And he lets him shoot him like that. Yeah. When he's like, yeah. cause he flinched, he's, he stops. He doesn't can't shoot you know. a kid. Can you fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I, I see that kid and I think of fucking Frankie Munoz from Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> right. Like he looks exactly like him. 
little bit, scary. A little bit. <laughs> like I, I, I did a side by side thing in a video recently where I was like, "Holy shit, they really do look alike." But you see, that kid in RoboCop two scared the living shit out of me just because really? it's like a child being that evil. It kind of I don't like, know. I kind of yeah. It, it's it's but he's surrounded by because like the mayor is practically a cartoon character in RoboCop two, you know, and when see, he, you know what I'm saying, like the mayor, yeah. like. Like he's not trying to he's not really trying to be corrupt, but it's just like he feels like he has no other choice. So he's making deals. He doesn't deals have a with, choice because yeah. like he tried to do the thing with OCP. Mm -hmm. And you see the thing that he's never being made undermined any sense the whole time. The yeah. thing that never made any sense to me though is that in the original Robocop movie, the old man who he, yeah. was in he, he was kind of normal, you know, he yeah, like he, he wasn't he wasn't like he wasn't like Mr. Burns. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. like he and then he, he went full Mr. Burns, yeah. 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 He turned but, into a, a, a straight up villain where the other argument is Robocop acting robotic again, but Yeah. But it, what else is he I disagree do? with that though, because yeah, yeah, I disagree with that because they already I mean, straight at the beginning of the movie, they're having the thing where they're telling him you can't stop you gotta stop driving by your your, your, house. your wife's house and stuff. Yeah, you can't you you can't do that. Like you like repeat after me. Like I am a machine, am you machine, know. And all, yeah. More. And when he tells her, he's like, "They did this to honor him." I yeah. don't know you. And just turns yeah. around. Yeah. And goes, I because I'm like he is still in there. He's just yeah. like yeah he because he he just now yes I I get that like. Because he was at the end of the first movie, he didn't sound as robotic when he's talking. He sounded more normal. At he the got end his there. humanity back. Yeah, he did get his humanity he, back. Yeah, I don't think that was a retcon in RoboCop Two. It's just he he because just also, kept that he kept up that act essentially because he, he he's but he's still property of OCP too. They can do whatever still, they want with his exactly. mind. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like the part where yeah. one of the parts I really like one of the exchanges was when Lewis is like. They're scoping out that one building, and and Lewis has got the spotter thing, and he's telling her like this many degrees over to the left or whatever, and she's like, she's like, good, good eyes. eyes, good eyes, Murphy goes the best good, money can good buy. as money can buy. Yeah, I was like, that, see the way I kind of felt about that shift with the way that they treated him because at the end, mm -hmm. you know, you got the old man. That's fine, shooting son. What's your name, Murphy? Murphy. You know, I think it was one of those things where they were just getting fed up with it. Because mm -hmm. it was he was getting a little too human by driving by the house, and now you've got the wife coming in threatening yeah. a major That's lawsuit. A, yeah. So they right. sent in one of those bottom line motherfuckers to be like, "Look, you know what you're doing to this right. woman." But that's why that's you why know? I'm saying like it doesn't it doesn't feel like to, that. People to say that that they like they retconned him or something like that. And yeah, he like, I don't. I, like, I don't believe it. That. Literally, just established at the beginning of the movie that he absolutely has his memories. And yeah. he knows who he is, and he now he has like, to suppress them. Yeah, I, I I don't get that. How people say that I don't get. I, I that don't argument. get it either. I never have understood that. See, I thought it was really cool when they fucked them up, and then they had to rebuild them, and then they started yeah. jamming so many lines of yeah, yeah, because that like, led to like the most hilarious dialogues. Ever. Oh yeah, uh -huh. like that. Like Good. one of my like one of my favorite things to say whenever something goes wrong is I'm like, go fuck a refrigerator. I got that from <laughs> Robocop too. But I mean, it's huh. like. <clears throat> That's where it really started to capture the spirit of what the original RoboCop had, where you had that satire, but mm -hmm. that seriousness. Because it's like, in the first RoboCop, one of my favorite things, like, this is pure capitalism, mm -hmm. is when 
the guys holding the mayor hostage. Ron, Miller. I love that scene. Yeah, keep okay, him mayor, talking. Let the mayor go. We'll give you whatever you want. First, don't fuck with me. I'm a desperate man. And second, I want some fresh coffee. And third, I want a recount. And no matter how it turns out, <laughs> I want my old job back. Okay. And I want a bigger office. And I want a new car. What kind Whoa. of car, Miller? Something that goes really fast and has reclined. Really, shitty, and gas really shitty gas mileage. How about the 6,000 SUX? Yeah. Okay, sure. What about cruise control? Does it come with cruise control? Hey, no problem. Let the mayor go. We'll even throw in a wall pump. <laughs> don't jerk me off. You know, but it, it, they they, they kind of caught that spirit in the second one when they reprogrammed him and he's driving along. And um, uh, like Lewis is like, come on, Murphy, hit the gas already. The posted limit is 35. Yeah. We should it, set an example. And she's just like, ugh. What did and he say? He says like, that the and isn't the moon it. wonderful? Thing? Yeah, it's still daytime. Yeah, it's the thought that counts. Yeah. <laughs> well, hell, even the, the yeah, they're the, looking at it, that huge list of, of things yeah. on the thing. It's like don't only if you have if you don't have anything nice to say, to say, don't have say anything don't at all. Anything like it's all bullshit like that. It's just stupid crap that they that the the city the, council like forced in there. The stop motion fight at the end is fantastic. They, I think they just kind of one up. The one of the first one really yeah. good. And Kane as RoboCop two. You said you were scared of the kid, but I, I think Kane is the most Dude, terrifying fucking yeah. thing when it it like when he comes out in that warehouse for the first time and the and he's the got the floodlights and stuff. Like I, I I'd shit myself if I saw something like that. Um, and then like the part where he um, they're in the elevator shaft. And he, he, you know, Kane falls, but then like he's here, tur, 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 tur. and he's just like his arms are just swiveling, you know, when he's yeah, just like rotating where he's, but he's yeah. flying. And, but I mean, he rockets up there to the point where they like they shoot out of the the roof of the place or what. Oh, you know what? That, that, that scene always reminded me of Contra 3, the Alien Wars. Yeah. You play it on the hard difficulty right at the end when the helicopter's going up. And mm. then the final boss comes back to life one last time. And you see the arms doing this shit as it's going <laughs> up. It made me think of fucking Kane from Robocop. I actually, uh, Kane's design, because, you know, like when they when they do the, uh, they're, they're trying to make the new Robocop 2. And they have all those failed things because they're just, they keep using <laughs> that the, the scene is amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they keep, yeah, just that one. There's the one where he shoots, he wounds somebody. Like oh, yeah. that, he just does and that. And then the head goes and, down and the sirens turn on. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, it, That's what I'll get when people talk about a Rokop 2. I'm like, the movie's great. Like, it, it has a lot of really good parts in it. Yeah, yeah it does. I mean, but the you can see how each design is like a different thing. Because like the one that shoots himself, you can kind of see when they make Kane. You can see traits of like where some of the design choices like carried over but mm. the way kane because he's got what he's got at least four arms right because he's got the two main yeah. arms and he's got these smaller arms that like wrap around his shoulders yeah he's got the thing on his back he's got um he's got like his feet have like retractable claws there's all this shit where it's like you can tell that they were thinking, I really like the way they designed him because with Robocop with the first one, it's like, okay, he's just he's human being, you know. He's got other than having the like the gun holster in his thigh that mm -hmm. opens up, he's 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 got all the same 
just he, he's normal humanoid basically but with with robocop 2 it's like they're trying to up the ante so they're building in all these like utilities he's got like a torch cutter he's got yeah. like these different claws and all this different you know crap where they're they're clearly thinking about giving him all this extra like built-in utility that yeah. you know the first one didn't have because the first one i guess was more about like making him look good for the public because obviously the public has to accept him and yeah. has to be able to uh you know it's like see him yeah he's a product he's got to be he's got to be friendly looking he's got to be like at the beginning when he goes on the beat for the first time and um stops the guy in the convenience store stops the the dudes from raping the chick and everything yeah. and uh but with with robocop 2 it's just like we got to up the ante you know it's like because like yeah like you said it's a product and they have to you know how do we improve on it you know it's yeah. put all this extra this one bullshit was built for a fight you know yeah yeah he's a tank like he's he's not friendly looking he's not uh he yeah it's it's the equivalent of like um yeah one of those police tanks with a battering ram or something yeah. on it you know compared to like when a the normal... chest opens up and the screen comes out you yeah. see the line of text and, and he's then got... it slowly forms into a face and he runs on mac os basically like seriously it's got the at the top if you look at the top it's got like the little drop down like mac os like the old black and white version yeah where it's it's got the little file you know file edit whatever settings <laughs> they it's did true. the same it's thing on there. terminator because yeah yeah that's true but i always thought that was cool because original robocop it looks like he's just it's it's, it's very no nonsense well it's like it's like dos it's like there's just like command lines like pure you know green command terminal type shit like nothing fancy but then when you see kane it's like he's he's got a graphical user interface built into him like they yeah. they've they've yeah. improved from a technological standpoint he he is very much like uh <laughs> he's very much improved over uh over the original but of course he's he's also yeah, a psychopath yeah. this one is a total attention whore nice he's a sweetheart though Aww, someone abandoned yeah. this little guy I didn't know he had a son. Uh, I might as well have a son. This is Nibbler. <laughs> we all know where the name came from. Oh yeah, yeah, we know. But no, he, I'm also distracted by that Famicom behind you. Oh yeah, I actually have wasn't, a Famicom. Wait, wasn't Frank Welker also Nibbler? Yes, that's what I thought. But huh. no, um, I'm out in Phoenix, so this was the middle of summertime. You throw a little black dog that's not meant for heat mm -hmm. out in the. I, I just couldn't let him go. I got a Shih Tzu, and they they're famous for, or well, the infant they have they they really don't have too many health complications or anything, but they can they're prone to heat stroke. So yeah, yeah I, I I mean it was just a real shitty thing to do. He had no mm -hmm. collar, he had no tag. I took him down to see if he was even chipped. He wasn't chipped. He's not neutered. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he grew up on the streets because he was too clean. But he's a good boy. How old is he? I don't know. Wow. Oh. I, I have to take he him He looks down, good. But... I mean, his coat looks really shiny and everything. Yeah. Like I said, he looks like he was well taken care of, but I think yeah. so. He was either part of a puppy mill or something, and mm -hmm. someone just threw him out. But, right. I mean, he's definitely not a puppy, but he's got puppy tendencies. But <laughs> right. He's also a stubborn little shit. Nice. <laughs> I've, I've got him house trained because he wasn't mm -hmm. house broken. I got him house trained, and um, right now we're working on keeping him out of the garbage. Garbage day. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Oh no, but you know what? He's a lot smarter than anybody would give him credit for. Mm -hmm. Though 
because the other night I heard him crying and I'm like, oh, great. The cat's kicking his ass again because I have a dwarf cat. She's four, four pounds of pistol oh. fluffing bitch. <laughs> so I thought she was kicking his ass again. And I found out what the problem was is he went into the garbage. He dragged a like a paper towel out mm. and then he was like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. I'm not supposed to go in here and I can't put it back. <laughs> like that that's what i figured it's just that he was crying because he realized that he fucked up and he can't hide it that's cute um but i mean so far he's racked up a pretty healthy bill i can't afford to take him to the vet right now because he's eating a ps4 controller he's eating Ooh, nice two usb controllers Mine chews on, he'll chew on the analog knobs. He's done that to one of my yep. controllers before. That's that's exactly mm. what he did. He completely yep. dismantled the PS4 controller. Yes, mm -hmm. he did. And then he took out um, the two USBs. They love the rubber on the analog. Mm -hmm. So I got him a chew thing, and it's like porcelain he or some shit like that. He just can't break through it. And I think that's what frustrates him. But then when he picks it up, he drops it everywhere because he's a clumsy bastard, too, isn't he? Knocks over everything. Uh, but he'll pick it up, and then he'll drop it. You're ding, 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 all throughout the house. Huh. But, uh, um, yeah, to, to answer old Slayer's thing, this is an actual Famicom. I was looking at that. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. Crack this open. Do you remember that Hudson Soft, this is a long time ago, but Hudson Soft actually sold... Those exact, like the Famicom style controllers, you could buy those in the U.S. because Hudson, I guess, got the rights from Nintendo to um, distribute those as as just. So, what did you get a Famicom at, anyways? What, so what? I didn't see it. Did you get it online or did you find it at a pawn store or what? Boko Suka Wars. Ooh. I don't know what the fuck that is. It's probably worth like a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> where'd you get? Where'd, where'd you get it? Did you get it online? Did you pawn oh, shop? Yeah. No, okay. I got it online. Um, mm. It's because I always wanted one because I wanted to try out the FDS. And this sits here right now, not because I don't want to be like those YouTubers who have like $3,000 worth of plastic behind them. Mm -hmm. But um, I got it right now just to cover up the mess here because like I'm stuck back here and I don't have any doors and I don't really have anywhere else to put stuff. You notice the scenery's changed uh, because before mm. I was over on that wall over there. And there's this huge painting that my mother has of two jaguars, and like one's laying oh, down, yeah. one's over like this. It looks like the jaguar is trying to fuck the other jaguar. So yeah, let's talk about Castlevania. While I got two big spotted cats behind me fucking, it just it didn't <laughs> it didn't work aesthetically for me. You know, so I'm sitting there trying to figure out how the hell I'm going to do this stuff. Well, film in front of the bookshelf. We got DVDs there, and I'm like, I hate when people do that. Want to see some jag? Yeah, let's play some Jag. Let's play Jaguar on the Sega CD, the, the shitty racing <laughs> game. But yeah, I stopped using hardware a long time ago. I did that after the Night Trap review because I actually burned out my childhood Sega CD playing mm -hmm. Night Trap, trying to review it. Oh, and nice. Then my Nintendo... I never played it, actually. Night Trap? Uh, I had a Sega CD, but I just didn't... I just... I had Sewer Shark. I had that crappy game. But, Sewer um, Shark is way better than I remember it. You can get Night Trap on Steam now, the HD or well, not oh yeah, HD. you can you sure. get it remastered like, version. Yeah, you can get it on mobile. Go, you can get it on yeah. um, like iOS and Android and shit. Because yeah. the, with the video compression, it's like it's nothing. I kind of wish they do a, a remastered version of like Phantasmagoria, but 
That would be amazing. Like, I would love to review that. Yeah, the um, first two are really cool. There's only two anyway. Yeah, the second one was really. They're both good B movie stuff. They are good. They are good. I like the I like the plot of the of the second one. Night yeah. Trap. I kind of came to the revelation that this is kind of where the Sega CD fell on its ass. Because um, I reviewed the original Night Trap, I burned out my Sega CD. Because originally I was just a mm. Sega guy. Me too. I, Me too. I, dude, I, I'm totally. the type of person who's like, I look at the way that the retro gaming review scene is. Mm-hmm. Nintendo is done to fucking death. It's totally done to death. It's been strip mined. But no one really talks yeah. about Sega. No one really talks about, say, Famicom. I mean, right. I do the ROM hacks for NES games, but that's something new. It's like I'm not talking about. Um, Mario Brothers for like there's a um what I mean do you know you know film cal you know the guys uh the animation film cal candy charlie and the candy mountain and all that yeah the uh the dude who does all the film cal animation his name's Jason Steele and he does um he does video game streams where he just like plays old retro games and stuff every basically every every night he calls it the video game valley but he multiple times because he he plays a lot of Sega Saturn stuff and um plays uh like he gets he has a lot of japanese imports and all sorts of things i never heard of before and that's I, what i, I want to do and show I love is like imports especially yeah. the sega stuff because he said before he said that he, the saturn is is uh so dear to him because he said it was the first console that he bought with his own money when he had a job and everything and Same. um saved up paper route money again. yeah and i he, love the saturn i do too i still have mine um I got games actually. I got a box of games over here, but I, I'm Ours probably was lost in a house fire, unfortunately. Oh, uh, yeah. there is, but see, that's why I don't play the NES hard. Just so we yeah. can get to this, I want to finish this one. Um, I don't use hardware no more because it fucked up the Sega CD. Right. The NES, yeah. I've had that since I was a kid. That and, and Sega CD, like Saturn, Saturn is still. The last time I checked, I mean, there are some okay Saturn emulators out there. There, none of them are. I don't think. None of them are 100 percent as far as no. I'm aware, because the Saturn is so it funky was so complicated. With the, it's got three 32-bit processors. It had a motherboard and a daughter board because the 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 3D hardware was literally just tacked on at the yeah. last minute, basically. And um, uh, yeah, it's it's just been it's such a bitch too, and it doesn't use conventional polygons like the PlayStation or anything else does. It uses 3D sprites, which are quads. And so, yeah, it's a it's a huge mess. But like, um, see, that's the cool uh, thing though. For two D games on the Saturn, they were absolutely amazing. Oh, it was it was D. It was the weakness. Well, the thing the thing is honestly, because you know, um, not Yakuza Shenmue. Yeah. Uh, did you know Shenmue was in development for the Saturn before uh, it was on the Dreamcast? Did you ever see what it looked like? Shit. Because, I mean, still though, it had characters with like facial animation. It's like you didn't that. You didn't see that in art. Yeah, the Saturn version. Yeah, no, it it has nothing on the Dreamcast version. But uh, I think it was um, the Dreamcast version of uh, of Shenmue Two, which uh, did not get released, of course, here in the U.S. because Microsoft secured the rights to to put it on um, the original Xbox at the time. But it did because a friend of mine he was already really invested in the series. He wanted to play the sequel. And so I think he imported it from like Australia or something like that for Shenmue two. And it was still compatible with the save file and everything from the first one. So he, mm-hmm. he played through uh, it that way. And um, 
it had like an unlockable Easter egg where they had some some it was it was really uh, low res video. It was probably like 240p or less. It could have been 160p, but it was uh, they had some some old footage of the Saturn version running. Yeah. And I saw it and I was like, I still found it damn impressive at the time that if they had actually For released time, that yeah. game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, more so because there were things like some games um on the Saturn, if they could, if it was hard for developers to make proper use of all that, of that hardware, given that they had to like offload all these different tasks, like the different, you know, one of the different three, three different processors. Um, but it, the Saturn could do some stuff over the PlayStation one, even which the PS one, it just, the PS one was just way more friendly as a development environment, the Saturn was not, <laughs> the Saturn was, was very difficult to work with like that. But, uh, but yeah, as a 2d machine, cause Sega essentially designed the thing to be like the ultimate 2d mm-hmm. console. And yeah, it kind of was back then. It was, it, it was oh, hands down. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's the plan going forward with like the reviews and shit. Like right now I'm doing the Splatterhouse trilogy. I want to mm. wipe those out. That's kind of like a favor to somebody who like believed in the channel way earlier on. He helped promote the shit out of it. He wanted Chipped me to, to six hundred now, six hundred and three or six hundred and four now. I gotta check out the channel. I really gotta look at I it. myself on the Clock Tower review because every single instinct that I had in my body said, "Dude, cut it off after the SNES one and make it a part two with the PS oh, version." Sure, sure. But I left it as one long thing and it just went on a little long that kinda, but you I mean, know what i'm still learning i'm still yeah, trying sure, to get to that still, level i mean some it depends on the reviewer because there are youtubers that can do these like shorter format videos where uh it's like you know 10 12 minutes and they 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 hit all the the beats and everything you know in their style like it works fine but then there's other reviewers where oh so and so just posted a 40 minute video oh i can't wait to dig into this you know like yeah. uh you ever you ever watch um uh wrestling with gaming you ever, yes did like his one of the best ones he's ever done in my opinion is uh the x-band the oh. one that 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 modem oh yeah super nintendo because that's just a straight up documentary that he did. Like that yeah. is that is not so. That's not really review so much as it, it is just a legit documentary. Because he goes into the history of it. He interviews multiple developers, guys that worked on it, and mm-hmm. then he even starts like uh, talking about the the community that still supports it. That actually has like if you still own one, yeah. you can still go on it and play on it oh. because they've they've created their own servers for it. I will uh, never forget that so fucking cool. interface. Oh my god, it was so 1990s. But it was it really was like cuz in his documentary, you know, it was ahead of its time because a yeah. lot of the you know, the, these were like former uh like Apple d- developers that that got in on this, like really talented like uh you know, technicians, guys that that you know, cuz they were being told like people are like this is going to be impossible. Like how are you going to make Mortal Kombat? You know, like two people play, yeah, two people play in Mortal Kombat and and over a dial-up connection. I'm just thinking of that one part at the end of uh, The Cable Guy. Jim Carrey does that. He does speech about people playing games online, Mortal Mm -hmm. Kombat in different countries. Mm -hmm. They were able to do it. Actually, I don't think they pulled it off. 
Yeah, they really did. And and the services that we have now, uh, yeah, they kind of owe it to because the X band was really pioneering that really like online gaming thing. See, that's what I look at a lot of Sega stuff as is that Sega had the balls to jump ahead of the mm-hmm. curve and try to, you know, innovate. Like I mean, come they on, did the kind of throw much the, stuff. The coolest thing stuck. about that Dreamcast was the VMU. I love the VMU. Oh yeah, I thought that was battery so cool. life on it was terrible though. Unfortunately. It was terrible. Yeah, I mean, it still saved the games though because it was just flash memory. So mm-hmm. if, if even if the battery ran out, you could still save your games. You just couldn't like actually play on it or whatever. Do a little, mm-hmm. but I yeah, I liked it too. But um, shit, what the hell. But that's what I always loved about Sega stuff. And that's what mm-hmm. I started off on was doing Sega stuff. And I've been learning as I go along. That's why I started off. Like, the very first game that I ever reviewed was Alex Kidd. And it was, it might have been Miracle World, I think. Yeah, but that's like, the that's the original one that everybody remembers. But um, it wasn't the Sega Master System one. It was the one that came out on um, Sega Genesis. Genesis? It was dream. Fuck, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I think Miracle World was the the Master System one for sure. I know that. Yeah, it, I had it, it on just the got a remake. It, it got a remake not too long ago. Yeah. Where it's, yeah, on, it's on Unity Engine now, but you can switch between the new version and the old version. It's like the you can dynamically, you know, it's got HD graphics and stuff. It looks really good. See hmm. that that was a weird review though because like I sat down and I recorded the footage and I wanted to do this whole model because I hate how scripted everybody sounds. It's like you can tell when someone's reading off of a script, and I always like like I'm kind of a natural speaker, so it's like it really sticks out to me. I think it's uh, Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle. Yeah, that that's might it. have been it. That's the that's the Genesis one. Hmm. I, so I so that might have been it. it. Well, you know what? Let me see. Alex I think Kidd. it is because you you'll see the box art if you put it in there. Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle. That's the yeah. one I reviewed. That one went about ten minutes. But anyways, the whole thing is is like I did that. I recorded the gameplay footage and then I reviewed it live. So and then I just cut it so it sounded a little more coherent. But right. I never scripted it. I just sat there and gave like my impressions of it. I had so much trouble with that fucking thing. That game pissed me off to no end. And then I moved really? on to Jurassic Park. So the whole I don't think I ever played that one. I don't think I played any of the Alex Kid Alex Kid games back then. The Enchanted either. Castle pissed me off. No. Um, but the whole model of the channel is, is like I, I I can get into a ten minute video, I can get into a forty minute video. It just depends mm. on what they're talking about, how yeah. they're talking about it. Yeah. But it's like if I sit down and I'm listening to like a forty minute video of somebody being like, "Now Alex Kid in the Enchanted Castle <laughs> came out in 1990." You know, it's like you can tell they're reading off of a script. It's like, it's right. like yeah, so Alex Kidney and Ch- you know, I wanted to get back to basics. I wanted to do reviews the way that they used to be done, like when YouTube first started. I wanted oh, to yeah, just yeah. like the, you know, so it's like mm-hmm. I came up with that idea of going back to basics, keeping things low budget, keeping things low res. And hell, I was even rendering stuff in 480p intentionally. I'd have people like, oh, why is oh, the wow. video quality so huh. shit? And it's like, because that's how it was. Yeah. And, it, it like the model was old school retro game reviews, right? So it's like done yeah. the old school style way. Um, and then I kind of got this idea in my head that once I finally get my place, which is going through renovations right now, I got to get the electrical fixed because that's a fucking clusterfuck. Mm. I'm gonna start building sets and I want to have this thing kind of like have like inspired by like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Cool World, where the mm-hmm. video game world is bleeding into reality. 
because like my upstairs, the way that it's set up, like here's one bedroom, here's another bedroom. It looks like an old school apartment building. So mm. it's kind of like every episode, like I'll have like a new neighbor. I could have like, and I figure like get the cosplay community involved. Like I could have that somebody cosplay as be... like Link. And so anyways, after I'm done with Splatterhouse, I did a poll. <laughs> do fatal frame or do you want to see me do snatcher and people voted for snatcher fucking love that dude i I used to own that game well you know what the perfect thing about doing i I had that game and i had the enforcer the light gun for it and everything yes Mm, i wish i still had it all yeah but you know what it works out absolutely perfect because i had already pre-print oh no it's planned it was called the justifier it was for lethal enforcers the name of the gun was the justifier Yes. Yeah. It was it was a magnum. It, it was the old. Yeah. It looked it was badass, and you could order since Lethal Enforcers was two player. You could order the red one directly from Konami, and it actually like plugged into the blue one. It like daisy chained off of it. One second. Okay. <clears throat> I, I remember the Justifier. It was blue, but I think you could order a red one. Right. That's what I was just saying. Yeah. It daisy chained yeah. off of the blue one. Like it had like a little. <laughs> The blue one had like a little phone jack basically in the yeah. bottom of it. It had like an RJ11 jack, and you could you had to order it directly from Konami. Yeah, you could do that. Player yeah. one, player two. <laughs> I love that game. Yep. Um, I had already pre-planned on doing Hideo Kojima's games in general, so I sat down mm-hmm. and I started recording footage. I've got Snatcher already done, so I don't have to sit down and play through it again. I've got Fuck all the yeah. footage for that done. I sat down and I got Police Knots translated. Game. Jesus yeah. Christ, that was a fucking marathon. That was eleven ah. and a half hours. Really? I never yeah. played it. I know about it, and I and I, because uh, I don't think it ever came out officially in the U.S. I think it, it probably just was in Europe, right, or something. Maybe it was only in Japan, as far was as I know, only? because it was because someone had to translate it to English. Mm. And that's how I was able to play it. Mm. <clears throat> it was an eleven and a half hour odyssey of playing through that. that game. Um, the best way that I can sum it up is Snatcher is a comparatively better game, Mm. but the way that, um, the, the thing that Police Knots really has over Snatcher, because they're pretty much the same game gameplay wise, but, uh, Police Knots has casually feel up women. It's got a really, really good shooting sequence. Oh, does it? Yeah. It's really, really good. Like it's it, like Snatcher. You would just have the grid. Yeah, it's this just a, one, it's the nine spaces or whatever in the grid. Like a, this mm-hmm. one on the other hand, you actually move the Beretta around. Well, okay. And you have like the enemy will like pop out, kind of like Lethal Enforcers. Okay. And, gotcha. and plus, it's got the detective elements in it. Um, TLDR about uh, Police Knots. It has mm-hmm. a very interesting story, but it kind of falls in line with a joke that I'm going to be making about it. Because um, we all know Hideo Kojima is a master storyteller, but he's very, very, very wordy. Mm-hmm. That's kind of yeah. why I have that joke about... That's why I did the joke with David Hayter, where it's like, instead of just saying, one vanilla cream coming right up, it's like, <laughs> he's right. got to explain what the fucking thing does. Because it's like, <clears> instead <throat> of telling a story about going into outer space, all of a sudden I'm learning that what they use to like mix the rocket fuel together to create the necessary propulsion to get into outer space and once you reach a gravity of 35 then it tells you like the gravity ratio. Swery does get uh, since we mentioned um 
Hmm. or I, I mentioned deadly premonition at the end like that yeah swear does a little bit of that too because he'll talk about a little bit of everything anything that comes up he'll you know when you play that little mini game to uh when you're in the hospital and you have to play that little chess mini game to get in contact with the doctor the cor- the coroner or whatever you know mm-hmm. and he goes off like york goes off on a little tangent about about chess and everything and about the the, the rules of chess you know like things that it's like it's totally non sequitur it has nothing to do with anything except that you know it just passes off information like yeah, a lot yeah. Of information like the joke that i have for the police knots review is it's like this is like like it's an example of how like wordy hideo kojima is and it's not mm. knocking him it's just jesus christ it's like all right so suppose i was going to go fill up gas in my car i'd pull up the the, the attendant would come over because in new jersey you're not allowed to fill your own tank you have a gas attendant come up really? he would come over like, I would say, yeah wow. I'd say 10 regular, and he would take it, and then he would put it in his pocket. He'd put $10 worth of gas in the car, and then it'd be off on my merry fucking way. In Hideo yeah. Kojima's world, you would pull up <laughs> and say, I'd like $10 regular, please. So, you want to put $10 regular into the gas tank, huh? All right, so the way that gasoline works is, is that it goes into the engine, and it combines with oxygen to create a combustionable effect, which causes the engine to run. And you're Every just sitting there. Would you, would, would, you, would you put... Yeah, it's like, would you put the fucking gas in the car, please? <laughs> and, and that's pretty much what really drags out police uh, knots is, is that it's fun. It's got a good story. I, I like a, everything about it. As a kid, I probably it. would have adored that, though. That's the Because I, I, I liked, you know, I, I, it's, I don't know. Like, to me, that would have felt sophisticated as a kid if I had played something like that. Like it's very, very sophisticated. Like, but it, it, it's know. just one of those things where it's like, say, if you go to the Museum of Aeronaut History, right? Mm. Instead of, like, having a small description about it, it it's almost like, like this is Hideo Kojima shit. It's like, if I was going to be counting calories, I would be like, okay, calorie zero. But Hideo Kojima, calorie zero, total fat zero grams, so right. 40 megagrams. Not a not a significant sort of fa- you, you know what I mean. It's just it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. Getting, by the time you're done listening to the dialogue in Police Knots, you might as well be a fucking astronaut because right. you know, like that's what I. I guess I, I'm just like I, I'm impressed whenever they do that kind of stuff because it's like wow this guy did like yes it's very it's it's overly verbose but I mean yeah he's doing like a crazy amount of research. It's like when um, in Deadly Premonition when York. Because he's a movie buff, and he starts talking about he'll just be driving, and you can start like you can trigger a conversation with Zach or whatever. You are Zach technically when you're playing the game, yeah. but you know he'll just start talking about like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes or like Superman Two or something. I'm like, holy shit! Like the- yeah. <laughs> it's like he really knows he knows his movie trivia too. So yeah. Swery is like really he he looked into all this stuff. He's talking about these like these really obscure things that are not mainstream. I mean, not Superman is, but I mean like. Mm-hmm. Talking about Taka kill, the killer tomatoes, yeah. killer clowns from outer space, outer space, and all this like crazy shit like that. And it's like in in this horror video game, this Japanese horror video game, you know, that's based on loosely on Twin Peaks and everything. It's just so funny. But I mean, I, mean, they, I, they, I love they that. They love to give that information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's like I, I find it fascinating. I find it interesting, but at the same time, it's like, can I please get back to the action? Slayer, you should play. Uh, you, Deadly you should, Premonition? You should, yeah, you should play Deadly Premonition, uh, like I said, because, I mean, literally the main character is, like, a movie buff, and he's this really, like, eccentric. Continued in part two.